please be seated. I'm going to ask those at the back to please step forward. Make sure there are no empty seats right in front of you. Praise God. We've been dealing with the subject now concerning spiritual gifts for a while. And this will be part eight or nine? Part nine. And in the ninth month, we always take a delivery. When a woman is pregnant, according to the time of life, at the ninth month, there's always delivery. And so I believe tonight there will be a delivery in the name of Jesus. We will begin to manifest these gifts. They are not there for decoration. They are there for us to profit with all. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which is our main text, and I believe in verse 7, it says, For the manifestation of the Spirit is for every man to profit without. It's for every man to profit without. Now, not just for us to make personal profit. Yes, that's part of it. God wants us to make profit. That is, God wants our lives to be better than what it is, but also to bring profit into his kingdom. God wants his kingdom to flourish through us, through the church. God wants his people edified, built up, mature. God wants his people to be able to know their right from their left, to put the devil at bay, to put him where he belongs, and really manifest as the sons of God. The Bible tells us that the entire creature is waiting in earnest expectation of the manifestations of the sons of God. We need to begin to manifest as sons. As sons. Because if we don't grow and mature in all of these things, we will not come to sonship. And when we don't come to sonship, then we remain as children, as babies. And the hair, according to the Holy Scriptures, as long as it's a child, is not better than a servant. It's not better than a slave. Because it's under tutors and governors. When a rich man leaves a legacy, leaves some property, for his six-year-old son, as long as he's six, as long as his four-year-old is two, he's still a babe. He can't take possession. You see, the, he's not better than the house elf. It's as if he doesn't even have any access to the inheritance. But when it comes to full age, then he can say, no, 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 that's my father's company. And he bequeathed that to me. That's in my name. I've seen the documents. I've spoken with the lawyer. Now they say, a man is talking. A man is talking. In spiritual things also, as long as you remain as a babe, then you don't know what belongs to you. Then you don't know how to exercise your rights and what belongs to you. God wants us to profit. You see that scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. It didn't say the manifestation of the gifts. Even though he's talking about the gift from verse 1. And that's our anchor text. He said, but the manifestation of the spirit... The manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. Now, what does that mean? These are gifts of the Spirit. And they are supposed to be manifested. So, instead of saying the manifestation of the gifts there, it said the manifestation of the Spirit. You know why? Because anytime these gifts are in operation, it is actually the Holy Spirit who is in operation. For example, when a word of knowledge comes to you, how do you think you arrive at having a word of knowledge? 
You can't read any book long enough to find your way into manifesting the word of knowledge. No, you don't even read the Bible. You don't even, let me, let me say to you, you can't read the Bible enough to start manifesting the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is an impartation of the Holy Spirit. It takes out of the knowledge in the mind of God and puts it in your spirit. For that moment, you can't read up. You can't read it up and say, mm, according to the book of Isaiah, now I have a word of knowledge now because I've, I've read Isaiah 655 times. It doesn't work that way. So it is the Holy Spirit who is at work in all of these nine gifts. It is one spirit, but then diverse manifestations. Glory be to God. It is one spirit, but a diversity of administrations. It is one spirit, but difference of operations. One spirit. One spirit. So it is the Holy Spirit who is manifesting himself. When we see the word of knowledge, or the word of wisdom, or discerning of spirit, or the gifts of healings, or working of miracles, or the gift of special faith that is here, or um, uh, um, um, diverse kinds of tongues, or interpretation of tongues. You know what is happening right here? The Holy Spirit is manifesting. Or even in prophecy, is manifesting. That's why I said, for the manifestation of the Spirit, the manifestation of the Spirit, using those gifts, is given to every man to profit withal. So one, if you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, your own life should be better. Can I have an amen to that? Unless you are a herbalist. It is only a herbalist that makes money, ritual money for people. But he remains poor. He has to. He can't even collect that money from them. So the people he does it for, and I'm talking about genuine herbalists, not scammers. Genuine ones. You can't buy them a car, they won't take it. Because they know the, the repercussions of the money. So it's only herbalists that can make the lives of other people seemingly better. But he has to be in the same spot. His house must be that same house. The mats there are as dirty as the house of the devil. They have a lot of bed bugs, a lot of cockroaches, and very smelly. A sister was sharing with me some time ago. She was forced by her mom to go to a place in Ijebu. And uh, not only her, I think the other siblings also. Because they were looking for a solution. Mother said she ought to have been married. The brothers, the older brother should be rich. And the younger one should have had some breakthrough. And so the mother bundled them. She heard about this particular man that was very powerful and took them there. So it turned out to be the house of a herbalist. And she was sharing with me. She said, Pastor, the man said, I should enter a particular room to have my bath. I said, and did you have your bath? I said, ah, my mom would tear me into shreds. I said, ah, that means you are still a baby. Because at this age, you should be able to look your mom in the eye and say, mom, the Bible says to obey my parents in the Lord. And in the Lord, you will not bring me to the house of a herbalist. It is in the Lord. The Bible says to obey you. But on this matter, even heaven will back me to disobey you because you have brought me to bow at the altar of the devil. Long story short, she took a bath. Then she was describing to me how dirty that place was. She said, I can't even, I, I don't have the right words. She said in the same room, 
I saw chickens that they have killed. They didn't kill them normally. They tore their neck and scattered the feathers. And you could, you could smell the stench coming from rottening animals. Animals that were rottening. And then you could see maggots all over the place. And you could see blood. She said that place was like the, in Yoruba language, what they call Ojudeo Eshu. Like the altar where they worship the devil. And she had a bath in that room. Are cases like that of the foolish Galatians who have begun in the spirit and you want to be made perfect in the flesh. Look, there are certain things when you must learn to say no, even to your parents. This one is an example. Because the demon you, are, you will inherit from such places, it will take a special session of deliverance to get them out. I said, we've started the process already. Now what is this? I'm still angry in my spirit. You, do, you have no idea who I'm talking about, so you can't even guess. I gave you that example to let you know the herbalist is living in a stinking hut. But they came, a mother brought her children for breakthrough. I thought the Yoruba say that whoever wants to buy you clothes, you will look at what they are wearing. Isn't that? Isn't that true? Somebody said, I'm going to buy you Gucci. You look up, are you wearing Gucci yourself? Or Gucci? I'm going to buy you Nike. There is the, there's a difference between Nike and Nikkei, the one that has double E. You want to be sure it's not Alaba Nikkei, you want to buy me. So, as God's children, God is not a user. You see, the devil is a user. He uses these herbalists and dumps them. And they're not even wise. How can somebody be using you, using you, using you? One, your own life is not getting better. Your children are, are not getting better. Look at the children of Habalis. What do they become? Unless they find Christ. The demons they've inherited follow them from generation to generation to generation. Because demons don't die, unfortunately. They are spirits. They are fallen angels. And I'm going to talk about them a little bit tonight. Don't be afraid. The blood of Jesus has already put them underneath our feet. Can I have an amen to them? The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit without. So if you are not making profit in your life, and you are not bringing profit to the kingdom of God, tonight you should sit down and ask yourself honest questions. Why am I not making profit from the manifestation of the Spirit? Why am I not profiting? From the gifts, the nine gifts of the Spirit. Why? Even if it's only one. And sometimes we have a combination that work in our lives. Why am I not profiting? Why are things happening around me and I don't have any discernment? I can't even discern. I can't tell that something's about to happen. Until after it has happened. Why am I not able to have a word of knowledge? Why am I not able to have a word of wisdom? Why am I just going to church? Just, I read my Bible, that's it. And then they tell me there's one uh, festival in our village. Let's go. We all go there. The manifestation of the Spirit is not given to every man for decoration. It's given to every man to profit with our. For you to profit and for you to bring profit to the kingdom of God. Can I have an amen to that? So I read through very quickly. Now concerning spiritual gift, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Don't be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. 
Wherefore I give to you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy, Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God that worketh all in all. The same God. The same God. Your gifts may be different from mine, but the same God who is working in you is working in me. This is why Christians are supposed to be wise and not be jealous. Don't be jealous of other people. Your, their own gifts may not be your own gift, but you have a gift also. Can I have an amen? It is the same God that is working. In fact, it can switch it. That same gift, it can give you at another time because you covet the best gift. The best gift is the one you need right now. So today am I functioning in word of wisdom, a word of knowledge? Another day I'm functioning in the gift of healings. Another day I'm functioning in working of miracles. Because it depends on what you need at the moment. That's what you covet. That's what you ask for. And the same God is working in each of us. Glory be to God. Verse 6, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one, so it gives us different gifts. For to one is given the, the, by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the sending of Spirit. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, and that's where we stop. But all of these worketh that one and the self same Spirit. Divided to every man severally as they will. The Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Again, very quickly, you remember the categorization of these nine gifts. The gifts are nine, but they have been categorized into three. Yeah? Number one, the gifts that say something. Is that right? Number two, uh-huh, give it to me. Come on, speak, speak out loud. Let me hear you. The gifts that do something. And then number three... The gifts that reveal something. So those are the three categories. The gifts that say something. The gifts that do something. And then the gifts that reveal something. The gifts that say something are called the gifts of utterance. The gifts of utterance. Alright? And what are they? We have the gifts of the gift that do something. The gift of power. And then we have the third one. The gift that reveals something. We call them the gift of revelation. All right. So what are the gifts that say something? The gift of utterance. They say something. One, without looking at your notebook, you should be piping hot. I, I mean, by now, if you're not lazy. I see that a lot of young people in my generation are lazy. If you're not lazy, I have taught you for nine, this is the ninth week. It should be piping hot. That's how to manifest them. If you don't read them and meditate on them, you will not be able to function in them. It's not automatic. Because you are coming to Bible study and taking notes. Go through them. Go over them. What do you do with your time? You should be hungry, oh. You should be hungry. And tonight is the last Bible study before the fast. Fast starts tomorrow. So for the next two weeks now, no Bible study. We're just coming here to pray every evening. So what are the gifts that say something? People are watching online. Number one, prophecy. You have woken up. Number two, Diverse kind of tongues. And number three, interpretation of tongues. Number three, whoever knows this should say it. Prophecy, diverse kind of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And they are in that order. That's, the, that's, the, that's their order of importance. Prophecy. 
and then diverse kind of tongues, and then interpretation of tongues. That's how important they are. Those are the gifts that say something. Prophecy, when you talk about prophecy, you always say something. We'll get there anyway, so don't be in a hurry. Number two, the gifts that do something. Those are called the power gifts. What are they? Number one, according to the order. Faith, uh-huh. Walking of miracles, uh-huh. Uh, the gifts of healings. If you look at those gifts, the three of them, they do something. Faith is an action. Faith is not theory. James 2.17 tells us, faith, if it abides alone, without works, is dead. You say, have faith, have faith. What are you doing? Show me your faith without your works. But then, you know what, I will, what will happen? I will show you my faith by my works. By my works. Even so, faith, if it does not work, the word works there means corresponding actions. It might be one, there might be two, there might be three. There are certain things that require ten steps, ten actions to get there. One, you get online, fill a form. Two, go to their office, obtain your NIN. Three, go to the immigration office, get your passport. Four, get back online, fill an application. Five, go and submit your application at the embassy. In going to the, to, to the embassy to submit your application, you have to travel. Actions, action, action. It is by taking action we get there. Some Christians just want to sleep and say, Lord, I, 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 I will go to America someday. I'm, I've been dreaming of America. You will dream for a long time. And you will soon find out that dream is not one of the gifts of the Spirit. Glory be to God. Faith. Anywhere you see faith, you see action. A man of faith is an action man. You can't separate them. That's why people of faith are people that pray. They pray. We pray knowing that God will hear our prayer. I will show you something tonight. We, 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 you see, we pray because we know there is a God that listens. I saw one translation. Maybe next week I'll give that to you. I saw it somewhere and I copied it. He said, because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. In the KJV, it doesn't say it that way. I think it's Psalm 106 or so. Let me check. People of faith are people of prayer. They are not people who just sleep bundukusiously, like senior pastor would say, and just expect a miracle to drop on their laps. Some of you should have copied that thing from my DP. 10116. Thank you. 116 verse, verse 2. Did you say 2? Okay. But it's in the NLT. So, media, can you give it to us? 116. I know it has 6, so I thought it was 106. Because now, KJV says, because he has inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. That's KJV. Because he has inclined. You know, inclined. Inclined, yeah? Inclined. Inclined requires some bending. All right? He said, because he has inclined his ear to me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. Now, NLT. Because he bends down to listen. <laughs> What will I do? I will pray as long as I have breath. This is a statement from a man of faith. I know God bends down to listen. 
He will hear me. So what is my job? I will pray as long as I have breath. So the gifts that do something, faith, working of miracles, because they involve actions. When you see a miracle, it involves action. You will see live, not fake. Original miracle, you will see. Maybe somebody came into the service limping, one leg longer than the other, and God does a miracle, you will see it. Action. And then the last one there is the gifts of healings. Number three, the gifts that reveal something. And that's where we continue tonight. The gifts that reveal something. They are called the revelation gifts. Number one, the most important on that list is the word of wisdom. Followed by number two, the word of knowledge. We've dealt with both of them. We dealt with word of knowledge first. And then we now dealt with word of wisdom. And then number three, which is the last in that category, which we're going to deal with tonight, is called descending of spirits. Descending of spirits. The word of knowledge, you remember, has to do with past and present events. People, places, etc. Something that has happened. Something that had happened before you were born. The Holy Ghost can bring it to you now and show you why you are having a challenge or a struggle. When he shows you, he wants you to deal with it. That's word of knowledge. God is an embodiment of knowledge. He knows everything. So the Holy Ghost takes out of what God knows and gives it to you. It's called word. Because, not because it is spoken necessarily, because it's a portion out of a whole. Like when you write an essay, the essay is 1,000 words long, and then you pick out a word from that essay. Alright? It is not even a paragraph. It's not a sentence. It's just a word. So, imagine God having all knowledge, and the Holy Ghost takes a bit of that, and then imparts it to you. That's why it's called word of knowledge. Is that clear, everybody? And it's always about something that has happened, or something happening right now. It can come in a vision. It can come by internal revelation. You might just know certain things. Number two is the word of wisdom. Word of wisdom is connected to the future. It's connected to the things, the purposes and plans. The purposes and plans in the mind of God. What he wants you to do. And he can reveal that to you also by revelation. He can give it to you in a dream or vision. He can give it to you by the mouth of the Holy Spirit himself. can give it to you through prophecy. All right? Now... A prophecy can come and tell you what to do. What to do. Now, when they tell you what to do or something about the future, that is called word of wisdom. When you go to a lawyer, you have a problem, you have a legal issue, and you go to a lawyer and you tell the lawyer your issue, and then the lawyer says, okay, let me counsel you. Now you want to hire me. Now he begins to tell you cases like that, similar cases that have happened before, and he has handled and he won them. Now you will be encouraged. You want to hire that lawyer. Am I right about that? Say, ah, well, this is someone that can handle my case. Now, what if that lawyer now begins to tell you all the cases in the world? Three hours, he's still talking. Five hours, he's still talking. Telling you cases that, that don't even concern you. Because he wants to prove to you that he knows law. Would that be interesting? He's telling you things that have no correlation with where you are there. It will bore you. It, and he himself doesn't want to waste his time, except he's jobless. The lawyer will not give you all the, all the legal wisdom that he has. He will only give you what is needful for your situation. Are you with me tonight? If you have gone for an immigration matter, he won't be telling you about property law. He won't be telling you about oil and gas or maritime law. You don't need all of that. All right? He won't be telling you about litigation. I've come for immigration, an immigration case. All right? 
So he won't give you everything that he knows. He will give you a word of wisdom. Is that clear to you? A portion of what he knows. And say, look, this is how we're going to do it. Uh, I'm going to write a letter of administration. And I'm going to have to get a member of your family to sign that letter. Then I'm going to have to do this. Then we'll go to the high court together. We're going to swear to an affidavit. And once we have that, then we're going to take it to Abuja. That, and then we'll register something at CAC. And then, in fact, before you know it, in six months' time, don't worry, one billion is coming to your account. Because it belongs to you. It's your family inheritance. At least, worst case scenario, 800 million, you should have it from this matter. Now, he has shown you the roadmap. That is called word of wisdom in our own secular setting. Do you understand that now? When God shows you what he's going to do, or his counsel, his purpose, out of his huge and vast wisdom, he has given you a word of wisdom. Tonight, descending of spirits, very quickly, I, I have two main texts. Write them down. Exodus 33, verses 20 to 23, and then Acts 16, verses 16 to 18. Exodus 33, verses 20 to 23. I want to walk within the limited time that I have. Now, what happened in Exodus 33? Let's go there very quickly. Let me lay a foundation here. When we talk about discerning of spirits, I mentioned this last week, I'll say it again. We are not necessarily talking about discerning of evil spirits. Because that is what readily comes to people's mind. Discerning of, ah, discerning of spirits. Let me say also that in the realm of the spirit, okay, let me explain the meaning of discerning of spirits. <laughs> because it sounds big. Discerning, to discern is to be able to see. Is to see. When you discern, you see. Alright? So somebody say see. S-E-E. Say see. Alright, so when we say descend of spirit, what are we saying? You are able to see into the realm of the spirit. Now, it's a supernatural thing. And it's a work of, of the Holy Spirit. It's a manifestation of the spirit. Now, in the realm of the spirit, I told the people that were writing the footnote, I said, don't make it capital letter S. Don't write descending of spirit as capital letter S because that will be descending of the Holy Spirit. That is amongst the manifestations of that gift, but it's not the only one. Because the Holy Spirit is not the only spirit in the realm of the spirit. The Holy Spirit is there. Angels are there. They are also spirits. According to, the, to, to Psalms, he maketh his ministers flames of fire. He maketh his angels spirits. So angels are spirits. Devils or demons are also spirits. So in the realm of the spirit, you have good spirits, you have bad spirits or evil spirits. So when we talk about discerning of spirits, we are talking about when the Holy Ghost helps you to see into the realm of the spirit. The good, the bad, they are there. Is that clear? So get it right. Now, um, let me also add that of all the revelation gifts, this one is the, let me see how I wrote it down. It, 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 it has the, it is the only one that has a very narrow scope. Narrow scope. What do I mean by that? What of knowledge can tell you about people, places, events, things that happened before you were born, things happening right now is very wide. What of wisdom, the same thing. Tells you about the future. The future that you have not seen. And then it shows you that future. Until you eventually get there by the grace of God. 
But when it comes to discerning of spirits, it has only one focus. Spirits. He can't tell you about places. He can't tell you about uh, events. can't tell you about whatever. The only thing it can tell you about or it can open your eyes to is just spirit. That's the only focus. So it has a narrow focus. All right? Now, that is not to say that it's small. It's not a small thing. Because this can save your life. Before the end of this teaching tonight, I will also tell you that descending of spirit is not the same as discernment. I'll get there. So, um, Exodus 33 and then verses 20 to 23. This was the conversation between Moses and God, the Almighty. Verse 20. Um, so Moses had said to God that he wanted to see his face. In verse 18, he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Verse 19, God said to him, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, thou cannot see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. Moses, you won't die. You can't see me and live. Verse 21, and the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon the rock. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passes by, that I will put thee in the cliff of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. And this came to pass, exactly as God said it to Moses. God passed by, God covered Moses with his hand, God lifted his hand, and Moses saw the back parts of God. And many Bible scholars believe that that was when Moses wrote Genesis chapter 1. Because nobody was there in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. So God showed Moses his back part. God showed Moses where he was coming from. As of this time, the earth was already in form, you know. Everything was in shape. Moses was a human being. He had a sister, Miriam. He had a brother, Aaron. He had, there were many people around. So the world was already made. But nobody knew how the world was created. But as God passed by, Moses was able to see where God was coming from. Ah! Bible scholars said he began to write, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form. And God, God showed him revelation. Now, Moses saw the similitude of God. He was able to discern the similitude of God. He did not see God, but he saw the similitude of God. So, in the old covenant, people were able to discern. They were able to see into the realm of the spirit. How and what exactly did they see? They saw the similitude, the appearance of God. And you know that God is a spirit. John chapter 4, verse 24. And they that must worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So if Moses saw the similitude of God, that means that Moses automatically saw into the realm of the spirit. Is that clear, somebody? God doesn't live in this physical realm. So if by any chance you're able to see God, that means you're already seen into the realm of the spirit. Another example of that is in Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah also saw a similitude of God. In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah 6 and verse 1, he said, I saw also the Lord 
And what did he see? Can I have that on the screen, please? What did he see? He saw his train. He saw that the train of the Lord filled the temple. He saw that the, the, the moved. He saw one cherubim flying to another seraphim. Now, I saw also the Lord in the year that King Uzziah died. I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Now, he didn't see the Lord. He saw the similitude of the Lord. The appearance can see my face and live. Are you getting what I'm saying this evening? Right. Glory be to God. So they saw the likeness of God. They didn't see God, but they saw the likeness, the appearance, the similitude of God. And that to see, they were able to, that, that seeing is the same as discerning. So when I say they were able to see the similitude of God, that means they were able to discern the similitude or the appearance of God. That is discerning of spirits. God is a spirit. Isn't that right? So when you see the appearance of God, maybe even in this service, some people have been able to see angels, all right? That is also seen into the realm of the spirit because angels are not physical, they are spirits. And in Psalm 103 verse 20, the Bible says, bless the Lord, ye is angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of his word. Angels can move this building. They can fly up and come down. This farm can cut them. They have supernatural, superhuman bodies, bodies that can move through pillars, bodies that can go up and down. We can't do that. So in a worship service, the Lord might open your eyes and you see an angel distributing gifts or you see a company of angels worshiping the Lord. We had been in the service here before and the voices I heard, I looked around quickly, I opened my eyes. They were more than the voices of the people that were here. It was a worship service ongoing. You know what was happening? Because the angels were worshiping with us. The voices. Once in a while, God allows us to gaze into that realm. Now, this is carried out <laughs> by the Holy Spirit according to his will. So you don't get into, while you can pray for the gift in our church, he determines who gets what. So you don't get into the era of, Lord, I want to see. I want to see an angel. Lord, I, from Genesis to Revelation, there is not one promise in the Bible that thou shall see an angel. If you ask for it, you shall see an angel. People are praying that prayer now, but it's dangerous. You know why it is dangerous? First Corinthians chapter 11. If, if, if it's not 1 Corinthians, it is 2 Corinthians 11. Okay, so I think it is 2 Corinthians 11. And verse 14. This is why it is dangerous to pray to see angels. And no marvel for Satan, Satani, Ashitani himself, is transformed into an angel of light. So when you start praying, Lord, Lord, I want to see an angel, I want to see an angel. He will transform himself into an angel of light and will appear to you. And he will harm you. Because that guy, is, is, his name is devil, he's evil. Oh, it's the Lord. Come on, come on, give me a hug, it's the Lord. Don't accommodate Satan, alright? So don't pray the wrong kind of prayers. If you're going to pray, say, Lord, we want the manifestation of the gifts. However he chooses to use you, 
all the glory to his name. Can I have an amen to that? I've read of people who have seen angels. I read of the book of a man. The book is titled Angels on Assignment. It was based in Boys, Idaho, in the U.S. Angels visited him regularly. Regularly. Charles and Frances Hunter went to his place to interview him. And he told them. So they put that in a book. I have a copy of that book. Powerful book. But this is done. And then you allow him, allow the Holy Spirit to do his work. Amen. I'll move on very quickly. Number two. Number one, I said you can discern the, the similitude of the Lord. Number two, you can discern the risen Christ. The risen Christ. Through the descending of the Spirit, one may be able to discern the risen Christ. No one has actually seen him physically since his ascension. And sitting on high, he is seated on the right hand of the Father, where he forever liveth to make intercession for us. Hebrews 7.25. Hebrews 7.25. Your monitor is not working anymore. Hebrews 7.25. I'm going to read that very quickly. Um, it says, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Now, since Christ has risen and he's been sitting on the right hand of the Father, the Bible says he makes intercession for the saints. He forever lives to make intercession for us. How was the writer of Hebrews able to know this? He was able to know this by discerning the risen Christ. He was able to see the risen Christ who, because you can't be writing things like this unless it's revealed to you. Oh, what's, what's, what's the risen Christ doing right now? The Lord Jesus, what's he doing right now? He's at the right hand of the Father. He's making intercession for us. That also comes by discernment or discerning of spirit. Amen. Now, even now, through that same gift, some people might be able to see Jesus. Papa Kenneth Hagin saw Jesus. So many other ministers have had revelations of Jesus through the help of the Holy Spirit. You can't just say, yeah, I want to see Jesus now. Yeah, be careful. <laughs> but by, by revelation of the Holy Spirit, you might be able to discern him, even in the service. I remember the senior pastor was talking to me sometime, sometime ago. He said he was ministering like this in the service. And he saw the Holy Spirit sitting at the back of the auditorium. And the Holy Spirit put his hands like this under his chin. You know what this posture means? He said he was preaching like house on fire. He was sweating. The Holy Spirit did like this. That means, eh? continue. You are the teacher. Eh? It's okay, I'm, I'm your student. Ah. He said that they begged God. God, why? Why are you looking at me? You know, he was still menacing, but he was saying, God, why? Why are you looking at me like that? Why? He often tells us young ministers, if you have ever seen the face of God, you don't ever pray to see his back. If you have seen his face, you know what that means? I'm not talking seeing his back like Moses did. He deliberately himself showed Moses his back full of revelation. What I mean is, if, if you have ever experienced the presence of God, 
You don't ever want to be in a meeting without the presence of God. It will be so dry and drab. Your prayer life will be so empty and boring without him. But if you have ever entered into your prayer closet and as, as soon as you fell on your knees, it was as if you just knelt on the laps of God. Ah, you can be there two hours. You will lose track of time. You are just enjoying, you are just crying and weeping and praying and worshiping at the same time. You don't even know why. This is not a regimented prayer meeting. You've lost track of time. If your phone rings at that time, you, you, want to, you almost want to curse the person that, that called you. You can't even hear. Say, don't take me away from this presence. I'm enjoying it. And then you can imagine after that time, 15 minutes looks like two hours. What's happening now? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I've been there. I don't know about you. Some of you are, you are super spirit. I mean, 15 minutes like I've done two hours. I'm wondering, Lord, why? It's like God is just not there. The prayer is not going beyond. In fact, it's not reaching the roof. That's what he meant by if you have ever seen his face, you don't ever want to see his backside. And this is why we need to be careful the way we live our lives also. Some people tell you, don't worry, anything. Hmm. Not anything goes on. Hallelujah. Number three, because I'm racing towards the end of this so that we don't shoot beyond our time tonight. Descending the Holy Spirit. You know, we're talking about descending of spirit. We've talked about discerning the similitude of God. Number two, we've talked about discerning the reason Christ. Number three, discerning the Holy Spirit. You can discern the Holy Spirit. John the Beloved, in his vision on the Isle of Patmos, saw the Holy Spirit as seven spirits before the throne of God. You find that in Revelation chapter 1. That simply meant that John was seen into the spirit realm. And seen seven aspects of the Spirit of God. God doesn't have seven spirits. He has only one spirit. But that spirit has seven aspects. Alright? You also find that in Isaiah chapter 12. I believe it's chapter 12. I'll be there now. I use that once and again to pray for my children. And you can use this to pray for your children that you're going to have in the future. Uh, 11. Chapter 11. Isaiah 11. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse and a branch, capital letter B, shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall be upon him. Then he started talking about the Spirit of the Lord. He called him the Spirit of the Lord, one. Called him the Spirit of Wisdom, two. Called him the Spirit of Understanding, three. Called him the Spirit of Counsel, four. Called him the Spirit of Might, five. Called him the Spirit of Knowledge, six. And called him the Spirit of the Fear of the Lord, seven. Is the same Holy Spirit. 
seven aspects. The spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Now, when I use that to pray for my children, I include the next verse. And I say, the Bible says, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. So I say to Tirenulua, you shall be of quick understanding. You will not be dull. You will be of quick understanding. Until Lua, you will be of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And in all that your teachers teach you. It's a good scripture. You can use it to be praying even for yourself. There are some people that have dullness of mind. You explain, explain, explain. I just don't understand it. I knew a young lady that was learning fashion designing some years ago who had that issue. She joined our church and she told me this was the scripture I used to pray for her. She's doing well today to the glory of God. Doing well for herself. Very well. She said whatever her boss was teaching her, how to cut, how to sew, how to machine, how to whip. Is it whip? They call it a weave. <laughs> she just didn't, she couldn't get it. I said, how? And, you know, her education was limited because of the same problem. Now she wanted to learn fashion designing as a passion and as something to live on, and it was a problem also. This is a good scripture for that. The seven spirits of the Lord. Isaiah 11, 1 to 3. To make you of quick understanding. John on the Isle of Patmos saw the seven spirits of God. If you read through the book of Revelation, you find it there. Now, there is only one spirit, but seven aspects of that one spirit. Can I have an amen to that? That also is called descending of spirit. Now, number four, and I'm going to stop here tonight. Number four, descending of spirits. Number one, descending the similitude of God. Number two, descending the risen Christ. Number three, descending the Holy Spirit. Number four, descending of spirits. And when I say spirit, all manners of spirits. This is where we stop. Acts chapter 16. There was an account. When the apostles were at Philippi. Acts chapter 16. They were there for missionary work. And then a drama ensued. I want to take it from verse 12. And from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. They were in the city of Philippi. Are you following? They were in what city? Philippi, which was part of Macedonia. And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside. What did they go to do by Riverside? He said, where prayer was wont, I, I want this scripture, if you can give it to me in NLT, was wont to be made. That's not modern English. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. There were certain women by the Riverside. They were chilling there, like women do nowadays. And, you know, they go to the poolside and you're chilling. So even at the poolside, if you're a lady and you go there, you can do evangelism. Or a guy and you, you're a swimmer, you can do evangelism. But be careful. Don't go to the poolside to see swimsuits and to enjoy 
pounds of flesh and call that your own special evangelism. I heard of a pastor that got himself into a big mess in this city because of that. He was always teaching women how to swim. He was sent to women. You will find them in the pool and none of them ever knew how to swim. So he'll be the one carrying them in the water, placing their body, helping them to balance and to glide. His ministry is over as we speak. Somebody that I knew. So be careful. God sees our motives. Are you getting what I'm saying? Motive is important in everything. You could go to swim. Swimming is not a sin. Me, I like swimming. It's just I don't know how to swim. But I know how to glide. And the reason was that my first lesson, it was very horrible. You know, I had assumed that I could swim. So my, my lecturer took me there and he said I should dive into the water. Since I said I knew how to dive into the water, I'd never... Well, the only water I dived into was the river in my village many, many years ago. That was in 1990. So I thought I, I could still do it. So I just jumped. This premier hotel here. I jumped into that water. The moment my chest hit that water, it was as though I hit concrete. I screamed. Yeah! He said, was that? Ah! It was as if I jumped on concrete floor. I'm telling you. I never knew water was like that. I said, water. I said, normally people just jump. I didn't know they jumped with skill. I didn't enjoy that swimming that day at all. Throughout that, there was nothing the pain in my chest. Who sent me a message now? For, for crying out loud. So we went there again, second time. He now told me, Pastor Fred, I hope you are not jumping. I said, I'm not jumping now. Whatever it, I, I said, I will climb into the water. I will, I, so I used the stairs to climb inside. So he now told me how to glide. Then I got it right. I didn't hit my chest again on the water. At least I did gliding for the rest of that day. And I, I, I did it well. By the third class, he had got a lecturing job in a university out of town. End of discussion. So that's why up to today, I'm a glider. Praise God. <laughs> but you see my son, he can swim. And my daughter too, because in their school, before COVID, they used to take them for swimming. I paid for that. I said, what I cannot do, you should do. Do better. And the boy, kai, 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 kai. I've gone to see some of his swimming sessions. Pop, pop. I say, hey, correct. <laughs> correct. <laughs> when people say, you can't swim, I say, hey, I can swim. Oh. I can swim in him. <laughs> now, the apostles, now your system is not working anymore. Media, I want that scripture in NLT, in New World Translation. But the apostles went to a riverside. Now, what did they go? They went there to make prayer. It's like going for a retreat. So there are times it might be necessary to withdraw yourself and make prayer. Prayer can be made from the scriptures. When you stay on the word and meditate long enough and God begins to give you certain things and say, this is yours, so this one is for you. Pray it. Pray it over the church. Pray it over yourself. Then you can make prayer. You can get people of like passion to pray together. Next verse. I wanted you to see that because I said earlier, people of faith are people of prayer. Where prayer was wont to be made and we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. Verse 14. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us whose heart 
the Lord opened that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. Because Paul spoke to the women there and this woman was just so engrossed in what Paul was saying. The Lord opened her heart and she was willing and she received the word of God with gladness. Wow! Some people are hungry for the word of God. Some people know more than the word of God. My father and the Lord told me, he said, there are two kinds of people in the church. There are people with the teaching spirit. They are very dangerous. But there are people with the teachable spirit. Those ones are good students. The ones with teaching spirits, as you are saying, uh, no, Pastor, you got it wrong. No, no, no. no, no. That wasn't, uh, uh, I, I've read, I know how many concordances I've read. I know, uh, is it because I've not ordained the pastor? I was almost ordained the pastor in one church before now. I escaped the ordination and I came here. What are you saying? They are not saying it with their mouth, but you see it in their attitude. They know everything. This woman, Lydia, was not like that. She was a woman with a teachable spirit. She was a rich woman. She was a seller of purple. Purple is royalty. She was dealing in fabrics. This was a big city. And she was a big woman. The kinds that you would describe as, in our days, business women with limousine. She listened to the words of Paul. He said, wow! Verse 15. And when she was baptized, and her household, you see, she even got her household to be baptized. When a woman catches fire, hey, hey, for God, it's always very good, though. And get everybody saved. She besought us, she begged us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, please come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. She constrained the apostles. Come to my house. Come to, please. I don't like the place where you are staying. That place is not really nice. You are men of God. Come to my house. Good women. Very hospitable. The Bible says in verse 16, And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, this was another time again, in verse 13, they went by the riverside to make prayer. Verse 16, they went to prayer. Only three verses in between. Prayer, prayer. How do you think you need to, you, you will survive in these times of uncertainties? In this dog-eat-dog dog world. In this world where not many people wish you well. You wake up in the morning, some people are sad that you woke up. They don't tell you, but internally they are sad. They are waiting for the bad news to come one day. And by the grace of God, they will wait forever. Some are waiting for us to have a scandal. Maybe when he has a scandal now, when they say one woman has a, has a child for him, maybe he will keep quiet. That is loud mouth. They wait forever in the name of Jesus. Came to pass as we went to prayer. Some people are waiting for your landlord to throw your stuff out. Say, when you don't have house rent, maybe Ashiria Atu. That would not be your portion in Jesus' name. In their own case, they wait forever. And in their presence, God will be promoting you. You move from the house, rented apartment to your own building. Because it's not difficult for my God to do. Can I have an amen? From climbing back to riding, driving your own car. It came to pass as we went to prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer, people. Any issue in your life, take it to the Lord in prayer. A certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us. Some people are loaded. 
One small girl, a damsel, fine babe. Be careful, you guys. Brothers with roving eyes. So that girl is most, she's, she's Miss Campos. These demons sometimes are huge. They are fallen angels. Imagine the size of angels. They come in different sizes. Some of them are huge. Really huge. If God opens your eyes to see one, that's why most people that have seen angels always want to worship them. And the angel of the Lord will say, no, 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 don't worship me. Worship King Jesus. So, flip that to the other side. Demons. Many of them are huge too. I wanted to conduct deliverance for a lady in my office. Years ago, it was one of the reasons I stopped doing deliverance in my office. <laughs> Two of us behind closed doors. I had closed it up myself. I thought it was a small devil. Just, just get out and Jesus said, Our eyes just turned and faced each other. You know when people are able to look like this? And then spoke with a male voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then she showed me karate. Uh, I said, ah, this one, I looked behind me. There was only a wall. <laughs> I said, shall a pastor escape out of deliverance room? Brother Zacchaeus had not yet come that time to occupy the office behind me. So I was alone, all myself, on my own. I said, where, where will I run now? Now, if I even run out of the office and she chases me all over the building. She goes to me and says, pastor, kill her day, pastor, kill her day. I said, hey, don't let me, hey, miss So I said, today, for you, this devil not die. We don't die here together. Me, I will leave. You, you have to go. I mean, they can do things that will intimidate you. Yeah. I said, ah, and I didn't learn karate. <laughs> Even if you learn karate, will you be engaging the devil with karate? It will finish you. They have supernatural strength. Like angels, demons have it also. When God sent them from heaven. He didn't take the power from them. That's why they are also unseen. Otherwise, we should, we should be seeing them and be slapping them. You want to enter spirit of fornication? Get out! We don't see them. They still have that supernatural strength. But in the name of Jesus, we crush them. Can I have an amen to that? What weapon do you think I deployed that day? The name of Jesus. In the name. That's why you don't take the name in vain. Don't use the name of Jesus to cut cake. Be creative. Spell love, spell grace, spell mercy, spell whatever. Don't J E N U A Jesus. You now face a devil. You know, the same cake cutting name. You now say, Devil, God, in the name of Jesus. Say, no, last time I, I knew you wanted to cut cake, you called Jesus. Am I, do I look like a cake? If I will cut you now. I know ministers who don't do deliverance. They run. When they, somebody comes and says, they need deliverance, say, hey, I will refer you to... Because they are afraid of devils. One day I was speaking with a woman. She was in one prayer meeting. So I went there to take my delivery of my goods from the U.S. From her. So was, we're talking about deliverance. I said, you do deliverance? I said, yeah, by the grace of God. You? She looked at me like, this small conqueror, you do? Because to them, deliverance is very big. I said, Mark 16, 17, ma, in your Bible and my Bible, Says and this sign shall follow them, cast out devils, and it shall speak with tongues. So when I, I drive them out in the name, they go. She said, I said, even you too can. But these were women sold out to prophets. 
prophet tells them when to eat, when not to eat, what to wear, what not to wear, not to eat uh, 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 salt, not to wear black on a particular day. Let's finish this place. As they went out to prayer, a certain dancer possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Soothsaying. She brought money to her master through telling fortunes. I saw some in America, in the mall. They were reading palms of people. They were reading people's palms. I told somebody before, I said, read my palms. I can't read this. I said, okay, better for you. What you see is the glory of God. Now, the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, This man are the servant of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Now, what she said was wrong. Was it wrong? Was it right? Yes, because these were the servants of God. Showing us, the demon included himself or herself. Showing us the way of salvation. But it was not a right spirit that was saying that thing. Be careful where you go. Churches, ministers you listen to. Anybody can say anything that is right. But is that the way they live? People go to bow before pastors that they, they don't even know. Someone you don't even know how he's living his life. You don't even know the personal struggle he has. And you go and carry your head because it's the happening church in town. They put hand on you. And by law of contact and transmission, the demons they are struggling with enter into you. That's how people use their head to carry and carry walk. It is not about what people say. Jesus himself said, by their fruit you shall know them. By their fruit you shall know them. Not by their physique, by their fruit. People, this generation has replaced fruit with a physique. The light, AC, sound, bugugaba, aesthetics. Ah! When tire hits the road, you discover that those things don't count at all. Our fathers left us a legacy of fasting and prayer. Eating the word of God raw. Demonstration of the Holy Ghost. What is this generation of pastors living? Light, stage, aesthetics, ushers, handsome people, beautiful ladies, smile, wake up inside church. Just make people feel comfortable. Don't make them feel uncomfortable. Don't make them feel comfortable. Don't make the church aggressive. Life is not a playground, though. And can I tell you what? There are no junior devils. There are no youthful demons. The same demons attacking your parents are attacking you. The same demons that finished our grandparents. As old as those demons are, they are still as old till today. And they are also facing us. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploit. So whatever conquered your grandparents, you can conquer it. Can I have an amen? If your faith is rooted in Jesus. This she did, verse 18. And this she did for many days. <laughs> Following them every day. They were going to prayer. This lady would follow them. It was as if she was hiding in front of the house. Lydia's house. The moment Paul and the apostles came out, the lady would follow them. These are the men. Men of God. Showing us the way of salvation. We need to listen to them. Hear them. Listen to them. <laughs> if it were some of our pastors in our generation, 
say, oh yeah, that's validation from the realm of the spirit. We are the men of God. How did you know we are men of God? You go to a banking hall and somebody walks up to you and says, excuse me, sir, are you a pastor? Oh yeah, how do you know? <laughs> My anointing is smelling. It's sharp, You don't know whether it's even the devil that is talking to you. What did she say? These are men of God. Hear them! They show us the way of salvation. And this she did many days. Hmm. But Paul, somebody say, but Paul. He's one of the characters I would love to meet in heaven. Ah! I figure we have the same kind of stature. The sun, the shining of spirits, the shining of stature. But Paul, being grieved, you know, when something is not right, in your spirit you'll be grieved. <clears throat> ah! Ah! Turned! Paul turned! She had done it many days, but didn't see anything. Lord, what are you? I believe Paul at that time was asking, Lord, what are you saying? Is this right or wrong? Lord, is this you or not? He was quiet. Don't be too forward in talking. There are times to be quiet. Many days. And when some of us are quiet, it's not because we are stupid. The day we are going to talk is coming. He was grieved. He turned and said to the Spirit, she did, he didn't say to the lady. Even though he faced the lady, but he addressed the spirit in the lady. So when you are casting out devils, listen, young ministers, you look at the person eyeball to eyeball and you speak to the spirit in them. You don't look down sideways and it's not time to be shy if you are naturally shy. You are under the influence of the Holy Ghost now and you address that spirit and you say, you foul spirit, out in the name of Jesus and I expect you to go. And I mean go right now. That's how to get the job done. Not in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And you are looking at the way of escape. But no temptation has taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will with the temptation also make a way of escape? You might be able to bear it. No. Face it. The Bible says, Paul said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. Didn't say more than that. It wasn't a long prayer meeting. This is every Amalekite, every Canaanite, every Hivite, every Hittite, every Jebusite, Every Camelite, oh, all the Shiites in this person. I was in a prayer meeting not too long ago, held in our church by some Pentecostal churches who came together. They said, Minister Holy Ghost Baptism. We are there to support some of us ministers from our church. This man from outside took over. So we stayed and we're praying under our breath. Just to minister Holy Ghost baptism. He turned it to something else. The way he pushed one girl and shouted, the girl just fell. Bah! And hit her head on the floor. Immediately, 
She had a swelling on that spot. The girl started crying. You know what, how the man interpreted it? Himself and his partner, his prayer partner. I see the spirit of death. I, I rebuke you. Then started turning against it. I said, sir, please. He said, man of God, can't you see? The spirit of death is operating now. Which spirit of death? I've never seen the spirit of death before. I don't know what it looks like. I don't want to see it ever. I want to see the Holy Spirit. That's all. When they, when I, I tried to force them to finish that session. To leave the girl alone because she kept holding her. She fell down. I checked my pocket. The last naira I had was 500 naira. I squeezed it into the hand of one of the ministers that was with me. I said, please find a way to give that girl. Let her use it to buy paracetamol, uh, Panadol Extra. You go to a prayer meeting, you end up using Panadol Extra. Because people allow the flesh to get in the way. Look, the things of the Spirit, you can't help the Holy Spirit. Does he need your help? Most people fall before you know the Spirit goes out. They don't need to fall. As they're sitting down, you can go, Psh! It's the Spirit. I don't know why. Some people don't even see anything good. It's bad they see every time. Spirit of death. If somebody ever stops you on the way and say, Hey, I see the Spirit of death on you. Say, I, I see it on you too, sir. In fact, no, I see it in your eyes. It's in your eyes. Your eyes saw it on me. But no, no, no. The Holy Ghost is here. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Like beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Death also can be the eye of the beholder. Death is in your eyes, sir. Repent now. Nonsense. That's how they put people in bondage. They don't put people in bondage. And everywhere you go, they see death. They see death. It can come. Are you getting what I'm saying? And you will discern it by the spirit. And what are you supposed to do? Rebuke it and cast it. Don't give it power. Don't empower it. I told you of a lady whose office I entered before. And I smelt it. I didn't even tell her. I just dealt with the thing. After she said, Pastor, what did you see? Till today, I didn't tell her. Don't put people in bondage. <laughs> people just see things. That was that one girl told me when I was teaching. Many, many years ago. Almost 17 years ago. Fine girl. One of the finest in my class. Miss Kinsey. Uncle Fred. I said, yes. <laughs> I said, ah, why are you crying now? We're about to have a fellow. You have finished class now. I said, I, I saw you in a dream. I said, oh. what, what did they say? Oh? Eh, I don't know. You were teaching us in this class. In that year, I now saw that, and it was a very, it was like a two-story or three-story building. I now saw that you fell down. I said, don't be afraid. Tell me, tell me, tell me. What now happened? Oh, I should have told my grandma. So she now said, I should be praying for you. I said, well, go and tell your grandma. You, you should be praying for yourself and for your grandma. As for me, there's no falling. Eh? I said, the righteous fall seven times. Seven times they get up. But I'm not going to fall from that top to that, to the, to the floor. Mm, not me. Not me. And be careful what you see. Because it just might be around you. I said, for me, you know what the book of Acts tells me? In him I live and move and have my being. Inside him. Till I finished there, I did not follow. Till today, I'm not following. No? And I'm not planning to. I taught her a lesson that day. She's married now. I taught her the scripture. After that, I, I sat her down and said, don't be saying nonsense. Yeah. You, didn't see me, you didn't see me shaking hands with the American president. You, 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 you. Don't, if you have that kind of, don't, 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 don't tell me. 
Don't bring it here. People dream because many times is the, the, the result of the thoughts, abundance of the thoughts in your head. You have been thinking negative too much. Dream the word of God. Meditate on the word of God. Let it be the last thing you meditate on in the night. So when you go to bed, you see angels. You see Holy Spirit. You see the plan of God. They said, I have seen the future. That's what you should see. Beautiful future. Amen. After this encounter, come out of her and it came out the same hour. After this encounter, that lady could not see anymore. She couldn't tell fortunes anymore. That was how she brought money to her masters. People will come. They will line up. She will charge them. Maybe 50-50 pounds per vision. Bring your hand. Celia, 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 Celia. Maori, 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 Maori. Honda, Suzuki, Kawasaki. Celia. Maori. Ah! I'm money. 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 If you want to kill the vision, you just say, She will come out of the spirit immediately and slap you. Say, what? Oh, oh, I thought, ma, you were in the spirit. For you to know that they are not in any spirit anywhere except familiar spirits. After that encounter, people still came. The lady could not see again. It means she was empowered by a familiar spirit to tell fortunes. Are you getting what I'm saying? These things are real. How did Paul know it was the wrong spirit that was saying the right thing? These are the men of God. Hear them. They show us the way of salvation. No. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ. Come out of her. Then people came. Oh, yeah. This year. See you. Have I met you before? I don't know you. Say, ah, you that you saw something and it came to pass. She couldn't see anymore. And her masters got Paul and the disciples got them into trouble, put them in prison. That was what led to the earthquake that happened later in that Act 16 when Paul and Silas prayed. They still prayed. They prayed by the riverside. They went for prayer. They prayed again. They were going out for prayer every, every time, every now and then. And then they prayed in the prison. And God came. Glory be to God. Stand on your feet tonight. Thank you for giving me the extra minute. Glory be to God.